Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. And once again, we welcome you today wherever you are hearing this message and this Sunday morning service. Now, we we don't have time to put on uh, the entire worship service we would love to and, and, and all of the afterglow, but we want to bring you the Word of God, the message from from the Word of God today. And I believe that we are bringing a message that is so relevant to the time that we are living. And I believe it's going to help us as Christians to stand true to God in these days and to be able to separate the true from the false and the phony. Friend of mine, we're in a day of great deception. It said that it would mark the very last days and the end time, that there would be a time of great deception and great delusion that comes. And there would come a falling away from the faith that was once delivered to the saints and from the truth of the Scripture and the truth of Jesus Christ and God's truth. Listen, we're living in that very day today. And we need to have an understanding of the Word and make quality commitments to God's truth and to God's sovereign and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the Lord God who loved us enough to send Him to take our place on the cross. Hallelujah. Listen, friend of mine, the Scripture said in John 8, and this is not our message, I'm just telling you what it said. The script people say all the time, didn't the Bible say the truth will make you free? Well, yes and no. What it really says in context is, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. And then the truth will make you free. Praise God. And it's not just know it intellectually, but know it experientially by applying God's Word to our life in a personal and practical way. Praise God. If we do, I'm going to tell you, amen. God is going to enrich us and empower us and, 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 and He's going to enlighten us to the time that we are living. And praise God. He's going to cleanse us with the washing of water by the word that we might be that pristine bride that is worthy of the groom that is coming for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So today we want to talk to you about three identifying marks of the true church and thereby, of course, the true Christian. Three identifying marks of the true church. There's all kinds of world religions and all kinds of of uh, just confusion within the body of Christ and Christianity. Where, where is the true church? Where is the true path that we are to walk? Where is the true shepherd that is leading according to the word of God without compromise today? Someone asked God that wrote us and, and said, where is someone that I can trust to, to give me the truth? There's so many voices and so many perspectives and, and things have changed and, and which one is right and what is wrong. And listen, friend of mine, and when the, they, they said that the Holy Spirit said, 
said, what about Pastor Venable? Now, I'm not putting a feather in my cap. I'm just telling you, if Pastor Venable was someone that the Lord pointed out of bringing truth, it's because every message is from the Word of God. We don't follow trends in our ministry. We follow truth, and not just the Bible itself, but Jesus Christ himself. Glory be to God, who is the way, the truth, and the life. If you have your Bible today and you want to get into truth and identify the true church so that you can find a true church and identify a true preacher or pastor, uh, I, I even hesitate to use the word prophet. I believe they are. They exist. But many false prophets will go out into the land and deceive many. Many will identify as a prophet that will not bring the truth to God's people according to Matthew's gospel. Listen, listen. This is that day. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first, falling away from Christ and falling away from truth in order to follow what trends away from God today in the name of religion and in the name of Christianity. Listen to Revelation seventeen 14. Let's see these three identifying marks here of the true church and thereby the true Christian. It said, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with Him, underscore that, highlight that, with Him. They that are with Him, identified with Him, and literally with Him, hallelujah, are called and chosen and faithful. Do you see that? They that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Glory be to God. In Exodus, we read uh, an ancient question that needs to be answered in every generation. Listen to Exodus 32 and verse 26. It said, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Who is on the Lord's side? That question needs to be asked to every succeeding generation. Who is on the Lord's side? In essence, who is with me? Jesus is saying. They that were with him are called, chosen, and faithful. There's a lot of talk these days about carnal Christians. And there's another term, and I, it doesn't come to my mind right now, but there, there's another term according to the Barna polls and other polls that poll issues within not just politics, the realm of politics and what people are thinking and how they're thinking, but also in spiritual things, uh, Christianity in particular. And there's a lot of people, if you would ask them, say, I am, oh yes, I believe in Jesus. I, I, be, I am a Christian. Uh, but they in no way in their life does their life, uh, look any different in their choices, in their morals, in their values than the world, sin darkened world about them. And so we used to talk about carnal Christians. They go to church on Sunday, but 
lives Monday through Saturday. They, they, they live just like the world about them. Listen, Vance Havner put it this way, and I agree wholeheartedly with him. He said, talk of a worldly Christian. Talk of a worldly Christian. You might as well talk about a heavenly devil. You see, Jesus said, dear friend, that there is no middle ground. There is no such thing as a worldly Christian. Not, not, not a true Christian can be identified with this world. Because the Bible said if we love the world, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Amen. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. That's plain and simple, isn't it? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is of the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him, not in them. The Bible said in the book of James, amen, that, that, that to love the world is called spiritual adultery, that we are actually committing a, a, an adulteress because we're supposed to be committed to Christ. Paul literally said, I've espoused you to Christ that I may present you as a chaste virgin or that you might be presented to him a chaste virgin. Oh, we couldn't wear white, could we? With all the sins that we have committed. But when we come to Christ as our Savior, He gives us a wedding garment. The the robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we do not want to drag that, that He paid such a price to grant us. We don't want to drag that robe through the dirt. Amen. That's why that we are called out from the world after we're called to salvation. Praise God. Listen, Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty, He that's not with me, remember they that were with him, were called chosen and faithful. That marked them. They were with him. Hallelujah. But he that's not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Jesus says again that we cannot serve Satan and God. We can't even serve self and God. In Matthew 6, 24, it said, No man, Jesus speaking, can serve two masters. For he will hate the one and love the other. Else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon here is given to the riches that gold and silver and money can bring us. But it's really not about the actual gold or the silver or the money. It's about what we're after it for. It's about what we're going to use it for. It's about the self-exaltation and self-indulgence and pride that comes along with it when we seek it for those self-indulgent reasons. And it's called mammon. You can serve God with it. Hallelujah. But you can't serve God and bow 
and compromise your commitment to, to God uh, in order to get more stuff and more material gain and more respect and satisfy more fleshly desires. Scripture actually says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Listen, there's so many people ever getting, but never getting enough. Oh, but godliness with contentment is great gain, or literally the true riches. According to our text here in Revelation seventeen fourteen, dear friend, there are three identifying characteristics of those who have chosen Christ over Satan, Jesus over sin, the kingdom of God over the kingdom of this world, Christ over self. They were called and they were chosen and they were faithful and they were with Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Acts 2.39, speaking of being called, says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Every man, woman, boy, and girl on this planet is called to salvation. And you will receive that call. The Holy Spirit at some point in everyone's life is going to come to you. For the Bible said when He comes, when He comes into the world, when He comes, He will convince the world of sin. Literally, the word there is convict. He will bring conviction. He will show us that we are lost without God and we've sinned against God and we're in desperate need of a Savior. And the Scripture goes on to say of Him, and when He comes, He will testify, He will not speak of Himself. He will testify of me, Jesus said. The moment He convicts us of our sin and we're convinced that we need a Savior, He will reveal unto us that Jesus Himself, solo Cristo, Jesus, and Jesus only, and Jesus alone is the way of salvation. The one who said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us our need for a Savior and reveal the Savior is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the Greek word here for church is in the New Testament. Not an organization or a denomination. Does not mean buildings of stone or mortar. It's ecclesia, which means called out ones. Those who answer God's call to Jesus Christ are then chosen. You see, chosen people are people who chose to answer the call. That's what made them chosen. Amen. Someone might say, so you Christians think you're part of the chosen few? No. No, we don't think, we know we're part of the few that chose. We've chose to answer God's call to repentance. We've repented of our sin. We've, we're, we, we, we were called to receive Christ as our Savior. Amen. And we have answered the call and received Christ as our Savior. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, and that has changed everything. It has made us chosen. Hallelujah. Listen to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But ye, as Christians, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Listen, we're not talking about a country that is mostly Christian or partly Christian. That's what makes it. No, this is every child of God that has answered God's call to be saved and has come to Christ for salvation all over the world. It makes up a people, and therefore we are a peculiar people in that we have chosen God, amen, and chosen Christ, and therefore God calls us his chosen. Praise the Lord. He chose to forgive us. He chose to save us. Praise God. Listen, you're a holy nation of people, a peculiar people, that ye should show for a royal priesthood, that ye should show forth the praises. This is not a hallelujah on Sunday morning. We should give that verbal and and praise and vocal praise to him. Of course we should. The calves of our lips. But this word here in the Greek is virtues. It's showing forth the character of Christ. That's the fruit or the product of the Holy Spirit's work in the life of a believer to replicate and reproduce the character of Christ in us. As we grow in the Lord, we grow more like the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God that ye should show forth the praises of him the virtues of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. They were they that were with him were called out of darkness. Hallelujah. And that's why they are following. Amen. This king of glory, this kingdom of light. Hallelujah. Listen, verse 10 said, which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God, peculiar, absolutely, the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. We're now with him, and we are for him. We are called, and we answered the call, and now we are called chosen, and and have become faithful, faithful, faithful. Jesus talked about faithfulness to the church of Smyrna. Here's what he had to say. He said, fear none of those things in verse 10 of Revelation 2. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. There are dear brothers and sisters all over the world that are suffering for the sake of the gospel, that are following Jesus, choosing to suffer with the righteous than to party with the wicked. Oh, friend of mine, and they they are not regretting, and they will never regret making that choice. You know what it said of Moses? He was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That means he was in line to inherit the richest kingdom 
in the world at that time to be a leader of that nation and a recipient of that wealth that wealth but he was raised, as you know the story, by a Hebrew mother that had, had a child that she had to put in a basket to keep him from killing it. And they pulled the basket to the store, to the shore, and he, she was raised in, in, in Pharaoh's mighty temples. Listen. And, but he had a Hebrew background that his Hebrew mama taught him. He had a, a legacy of faith. He knew there was a God. There was a judgment to come. He knew there's going to be a reward to the wicked and a reward to the righteous. And the Bible said when he was come to years, he chose to suffer affliction with the righteous rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In other words, you can, you can, you can party hardy your life away, but your life will end one day. And when the party's over, you're going to answer to God and live somewhere forever. And, and Moses said, I'd rather identify with them, with all of the, all of the affliction that they're under as slaves in Egypt than to be the leader of the mightiest world empire of the day and all of the fortune and fame that that could give me because I know when all of this is over, that's when it really begins. And I'm going to, I'm going to identify with them. You see, that's what he was telling these folks right here. You're going to be put in prison. You will be tried. And that you shall have tribulation, anguish, pressure is the word. Ten days, there's a, a time you're going through not being delivered from. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. Be faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Eternal life is promised to the children of God. Amen. And if this life is cut short in order that we embrace that life, I like what I actually our song leader, Brother Gerald, used to say in our church. Many of you know him. I don't know where he read the phrase, but I never forgot it. He is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to obtain that that he can and will never, ever lose. Hallelujah. The Marine Corps has adapted the Latin phrase, Semper Fidelis. As, as what they want to identify the core with. And it simply means always faithful. Fidelis, simper, always. Fidelis, faithful. In Revelation 12, 10 and 11, it said, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him, the devil. Not only is he accusing, but he's seeking to seduce to sin. He's the tempter, the scripture says. Amen. Listen to me. Amen. He's the accuser. He's the tempter. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Amen. 
the shed blood of Jesus. We plead that blood, don't we? In, in, for, for, for our sins being forgiven, for forgiveness, the atonement. Listen, the redemptive blood of Jesus that has bought us back and brought us back to God from the prison house that Satan had held us in. Listen, and by the word of their testimony, you know, Scripture says to hold fast your confession of faith, profession in the, in the King James. In the Greek, it's confession. It's to say the same thing as another. It's to declare what God says concerning us because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. It's the word of our testimony. And here's the part that many people kind of don't place the same value on. Because he's not just the accuser, he is the tempter, he is the he is the deceiver. Listen, and they loved not their lives. That's where faithfulness comes from. This kind of deep devotion to God and to Christ. They loved not their life even unto the death. It's going to take a deeper commitment than many Christians have today, a deeper devotion here in America in particular. Oh, dear friend of mine, instead of not costing us anything to serve God, other than people talking about us and persecuting us and, uh, you, you know, not wanting to be buddies with us anymore, that's that's a, that's a small price to pay to follow Jesus, isn't it? What value do we place on Him when in many countries people are in prison and people are going through horrible persecution, some starvation and some being killed, some being tortured today in our day. And he said, be faithful, be faithful. Even if it costs you your life, it's going to be worth it. <laughs> I'm worth it. The kingdom of God is worth it. Eternal life is worth more than this short little space of time that we are living in. Listen, Fido is a name given mostly to dogs because back in the day you don't hear it anymore. Abraham Lincoln named his faithful dog Fido because it meant in the Latin, I am faithful. I told this story before recently, but it fits right now as we close this morning's time together. A forest ranger who manned a lookout tower saw the smoke in the distance and he told his faithful dog to stay till he returned. He got separated by a fast-moving fire and when he returned, he found his faithful companion dead at the foot of the tower. Unleashed, he could have ran away but obeyed his master's last command. And his master said, I always had to be careful what I told Jack, because he always obeyed. He was faithful. Semper Fidelis. Always faithful. Hallelujah. Committed to the country to go and fight and die if necessary to keep us free, the Marine Corps, always faithful to the Corps and to one another, leave no one behind. Why? 
Why, if I have to go out under fire and, and drag that person in, I'm going to go get them because we're not leaving nobody behind. Why? Because of Semper Fidelis. Always faithful. They that were with Christ, this is the true Christian, the true church today. They that were with Christ were called and chosen and faithful. Jesus said this about his return to the earth. When I return to the earth, shall I find faith. And that word pistis in the Greek is not about faith to trade in your Ford for a Mercedes or your pickup truck for a Lamborghini. It is about being true to God. It's the word for fidelity. We have been cleansed, set apart that we might be the bride of Christ. And the Apostle Paul said, I've espoused you by my gospel to one husband that you may be presented to Christ, a chaste virgin that you who are already spoken for <laughs> might be faithful to the one who is coming to take you to the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, friend, today is not a day to make concessions to the devil, to compromise with the world. Today is a day to deeply commit our life to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Become a true disciple. Become part of the true church. And when He comes back, to come back with Him. Hallelujah. Called. Chosen. And faithful. Hallelujah. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I say it so many times, I never get tired of saying it. Don't run from Him. He wants to save you. He loves you. He died to show you. On the cross, he suffered and died so he could forgive your sin. Hallelujah. He's calling you. He's calling you. Come unto me. Run to Jesus. Repent of your sin. And he will abundantly pardon you as you receive him as your Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. <laughs> 